Welcome to another episode of Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. I'm Suzanne. And I'm Alexis. And we're two longtime fans of the show, excited to rewatch and recap it along the way. This week, we are thrilled to be recapping season three, episode seven. They shoot Gilmores, don't they? The episode bio for this episode is Lorelai forces Rory to be her partner at the Stars Hollow Dance Marathon, where Rory can't stop arguing with a boy. And another definitely <laughs> notices. <laughs> so cryptic. <laughs> it's very exciting to be doing this episode. <laughs> I know. Such an iconic episode. Before we get into our thoughts, though, don't forget that you can enter our sticker giveaway. To do this, you need to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Email us a screenshot of that review to talkingfastpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll send you stickers. Uh, with our mm-hmm. logo and stuff on them and yep yeah you can also just give us reviews because you like us we'll take those mm-hmm. as well <laughs> yeah we don't turn those away <laughs> yeah <laughs> so what were your thoughts on this episode I was just very excited by it I I feel like recapping this episode is going to be our own personal 24-hour dance marathon mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I feel like all other recaps were just our training for this moment to have the endurance to get through this exciting task. This episode is like our Olympics. <laughs> it truly is. <laughs> couldn't be more excited, as I've said like three times already. Um, I do have a couple bones to pick with the writing of the episode that I don't think uh-huh. I caught in previous watches of it. But yeah, how are you feeling about it? I'm so excited to get this drama. I'm also just kind of blown away by whoever had this idea like the Mm. premise of having a 24-hour dance marathon I mean it puts like so much pressure on so many dynamics and brings up so much good drama but it's also genius so weird and quirky that of course it would only happen in Stars Hollow so you get all the fun town personalities it's just a great episode all around yeah I love it You you asking whose idea this was made me have the wild thought of like a bachelor producer. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> How they plan dates. <laughs> Just the high stakes, the adrenaline of the environment, yeah. the sleep deprivation mm-hmm. causing all of this tension and conflict. Yeah. Uh yeah, this sounds like another show we <laughs> like to watch. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but the quirky starts hollow version. You're so right. Okay, we have a lot to get into. But let's open with our Talking Fast segment, where we offer a condensed summary of 30 seconds, not a second more. (laughs) Are you prepared to go first this time? As prepared as I will ever be. Okay. And ready, set, go. There is a 24-hour dance marathon. Lorelai needs a partner, and she gets one from Stanley, but then his wife finds out, so she begs Rory to. Rory does get permission because Paris has met up with Jamie, so she's happy and will postpone the Franklin work on the weekend. So Rory and Lorelai go to the dance marathon. Then there is drama with Dean and Jess. Uh, Rory fights with Jess, and then Dean breaks up with her. Um, uh, Suki and Jackson are also having marital problems. Lorelai gets caught up in them. <laughs> Oh my god, I almost Uh, sneezed right in the middle of that. (laughs) The buzzer, yeah, the sneeze. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I don't even know how to... Yeah, this is a sprint, not a marathon. (laughs) I know, so much happens. (laughs) Yeah. Are you ready? Yep. All right. 
Um, on your mark, get set, go. So the main premise of the episode is that there's going to be a dance marathon that's 24 hours. Lorelai is looking for a partner. Finally, she just ends up using Rory, which will be great fun. Um, in the meantime, Jamie shows up and takes Paris out so that she becomes a bit more flexible about deadlines. And then at the dance marathon, we hear that uh, Jackson wants four and four, and Suki's upset about that. Um, Dean breaks up with Rory, and Jess hints at something to come, and also Dave shows up. <laughs> uh, oh, Dave. How could I forget Dave? I know. It's such a great moment. Yeah. I will say from the top, it's like this episode, it has so much packed into it. It has, you know, the dance marathon that we all know and love. And of course, you associate it with the Roy and Dean breakup. But as I was watching the beginning scenes, you forget that, like, there's this whole Paris and Jamie mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. And then there's also, like, Elaine and Dave thing, too. It's just. Yeah. And a Suki and Jackson thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. This was the return of Suki, who we hadn't seen for many episodes. Yeah. And there's even a Luke and Lorelai thing. Mm-hmm. All of the things. It's just crazy. <laughs> so I guess we'll slow down and try to catch all of yeah, these things. This might be our first two-hour episode. I hope not because I'm going to be really hungry, but... <laughs> yeah, we'll see. No promises that it won't be 24 hours, actually. <laughs> okay, so we start off in our cold open. We're walking around town, getting all of the posters and signs for the dance marathon coming up telling us that it's 6 a.m. to 6 a.m. You can sign up at Dosies. Um, There's fall decor everywhere. Yeah, this was my Stars Hollow moment. Nice. Just to, like, kick things off, like, right off the bat. Like you said, like, the premise of the dance marathon feels so true to the character of the town. It's just such a genius event for them to have. I totally believe it. I also just really liked the way that it was introduced and this opening was shot where the camera is panning around town, observing all of the things you pointed out. And there's a very jazzy song playing in the background. (laughs) And then you get the Lorelai and Luke as like a voiceover their conversation before (laughs) the camera pans into Luke and we see them having a conversation together. So I thought it was just really well filmed. It really sets a jazzy like exciting tone yeah it does like so much exposition just Mm. in those opening shots (laughs) but Lorelai is doing as you said she's judging people about how they could be good dance partners I guess just watching people walk by outside (laughs) she also tells this story about her dance partner last year whose name was Ho-Ho and (laughs) he made her lose because he got hungry I think yeah Kirk distracted him with a McDonald's apple pie <laughs> kirk is very strategic i have to say i have i have things to say about him later on but we'll get there mm-hmm. taylor walks in and has a great great moment that i think we all think about when we watch gilmore girls he says breathe in deep folks it smells like fall <laughs> and you can just imagine it you can just smell it mm-hmm. um he is trying to convince Luke to have a coffee stand at the marathon, which in this interaction, it seems like that's not going to happen, but it definitely happens. And that happens a lot with Luke. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's like a a teddy bear. He says he won't do things, but you know, in reality, he'll he'll do it. Mm -hmm. 
And I also like the end of the Lorelai and Luke interaction. Lorelai turns to look at him saying, I need a dance partner. (laughs) And he says, oh, I'll help you. And she kind of, you know, she has the light bulb moment, but she doesn't even get the chance to ask him. And he like playfully (laughs) grabs her head and like physically turns her back around to look out the window to continue judging the passerby. I thought that was a very like, playful moment between the two of them Mm -hmm. and I can't really see Luke doing the dance marathon so no (laughs) I get I get that (laughs) yeah even like in later seasons when they're dating and he seems to just be doing whatever Lorelai wants I could yeah he would never do this Mm -hmm. it is I just don't understand dancing for 24 hours that that's torture that's not fun that's torture Mm -hmm. yeah I want to follow up on this of would would we do the dance marathon and if so how would we do it i think we can talk about that later on when it when the dance Mm -hmm. marathon begins (laughs) okay but for now we are carried through to the next scene where we find out that lorelei has found a dance partner she reveals this information at a friday night dinner where at first she's talking about how much she likes the chicken and emily immediately suspects that something (laughs) else is making lorelei so happy She brings up an example from the past where Lorelai was so pleased to be invited to a ninth grade dance that she spent a whole dinner making all of her peas talk, which I thought was a hilarious little anecdote. Yeah. The founder of Veggie Tales. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Lorelai admits that she's happy. She has a new partner, Stanley Applebaum, Apple Man or yeah, Apple Man or Bomb. I wrote Appleton, it both ways. Appleton, I think. Appleton? I think it's Appleton. That's a third option. <laughs> Stanley. We'll just call him Stanley. Yeah. It's great because as soon as she announces this news, she gets a phone call, <laughs> uh, which turns out to be from Stanley noting that his wife has received a picture of Lorelai from Miss Patty and no longer wants him to dance with her. I thought this was a like a humorous bit because you don't, know previously that Stanley even has a wife so you're kind of like Mm -hmm. overhearing just like Rory and Emily are as Lorelai keeps repeating I don't want to sleep with you like (laughs) it was good it was a good gimmick and I like that we got a little bit of Emily in this episode even though she has nothing Mm -hmm. to do with the plot just to kind of judge the weird town shenanigans from an outside perspective (laughs) yeah there's a lot of fun back and forth banter of which Emily was part And this actually had my Rory's bookshelf as well. Mm -hmm. Some of Emily's comments about Elizabeth Taylor I thought were quite good. Mm -hmm. Uh, And for context, Lorelai comes back from the phone call and says his wife was worried because she looks like Elizabeth Taylor. And Lorelai says if she's Elizabeth Taylor, that would make Stanley and his wife Debbie Reynolds and Eddie Fisher. I had to look this up. I kind of knew, but I didn't quite know. Uh, This is a reference to the sort of notorious love triangle. Debbie and Eddie were happily married with two children when Eddie left her for Elizabeth Taylor. And they were best friends too, Elizabeth and Debbie. So that's awkward. Wow. Scandalous. I know. Um, um, Emily was like, well, at least she thought you looked like Elizabeth Taylor. That was nice. And then later on when Lorelai's like, I, I don't know how I'll find another partner. Emily says, Elizabeth Taylor always did, <laughs> which is Ouch. a reference to the fact that Elizabeth Taylor was married eight times, though two were to the same person, 
Richard uh, Burton. So that's a fun little wow Elizabeth Taylor <laughs> background. That reminds me of this book that has been going around. I haven't read it yet. It's like the Seven Husbands of Evelyn something. Hugo. Yeah. Have you heard about that? Yeah. Have you read that book? Yeah. I've read it and I enjoyed it. Oh. Was it? Is it like loosely based off of these people or is it just completely fictionalized? I think it might be loosely or at least it's in like conversation with you know you can't because it's okay. yeah it's like a Hollywood actress who has so many husbands I think it's definitely in the realm of referencing Elizabeth Taylor but there's a twist which is the reason a lot of people like it which is decidedly mm-hmm. not Elizabeth Taylor-esque I don't know I don't want to give it away <laughs> I think I already know but yeah, yeah. probably for the best <laughs> yeah. I still need to read it and next mm-hmm. scene, we're at Chilton, where we also haven't been for a, a while, I think. Right. Unless I'm forgetting things. Yeah, we hadn't seen Paris since, like, the yeah. application anxiety stuff. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, so Rory and Paris are talking about the newspaper and their plans for working over the weekend. It's the 75th anniversary issue, which Madeline and Louise <laughs> don't understand the importance of. Mm-hmm. And Paris is obviously taking this very, very seriously. There's like no question that they'll be working over the weekend to make it perfect. Mm-hmm. And then they step out into the courtyard and Paris like stops in her tracks. And who could it be but Jamie, who we haven't seen since episode one of the season, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he's standing there looking cute. Paris <laughs> goes speechless for a second. Which is something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, truly. He was looking so like suave yeah. and dapper, like leaning against the wall, like a figure out of a romance novel. Yeah. <laughs> the same thing for Dave later in the episode where he's just like leaning mm-hmm. there being all mysterious. <laughs> but he comes up and uh, he's on a break from Princeton. He, uh, Paris is asking him why he hasn't like called or anything. She hasn't heard from him since their date, which I would de- I would also take as like a, you know, that's that kind of thing. Yeah. But Jamie says that he didn't want a distraction. He thought Paris would be a distraction. She, of course, like kind of deflects this and is like, yeah, of course, we don't, neither of us need distractions. And then... Mm-hmm. He refuses to let her go and says, but it was more distracting to not be talking to you. I was thinking about you all the time. And there we have our little romantic moment for Paris. I thought it was cute. It was also yeah. a bit of a red flag that he hadn't even called, <laughs> yeah. you know, but <laughs> I know I was like, I think I need to acknowledge my bias because I was finding the scene to be very romantic mm-hmm. and I had to take a step back and think, you know, if this were another character, I think I would be feeling pretty negatively about a lot of this. But I'm going to say it. You know, I like Jamie. I think he's very, like, handsome and captivating. Um, so I kind of like it. But I agree the red flag is that he didn't tell her ahead of time. Like, <laughs> hey, I had a great time on our date, but I don't think either of us needs distractions in these important school years much better to communicate rather than like after the fact offer an excuse about it mm-hmm. <laughs> but hey I was I was booed by it personally <laughs> and I really like their chemistry where he's holding on to her hand because she 
as she was deflecting, like you said, she shakes his hand very professionally, <laughs> like, goodbye, sir. <laughs> and he won't let go. And once he has said his romantic comment about like, oh, I failed a quiz because I couldn't stop thinking about you. Um, then he kind of asks, like, do you want your hand back now? And she says, I have another one. <laughs> so it was a good acknowledgement. Like, OK, now she's fully into this exchange, you know, and because after this, he's kind of like fairly assertive um, in asking her to go to coffee. And Rory's like, yep, she's free. And so Jamie grabs her books and just walks away. And Paris is kind of like, what what do I do? He took my books. And Rory says, go get them back. And it was just a fun, like grand moment, I felt like, and very <laughs> charming of him to be like holding her books for her. And Rory there as like a supportive wing woman. It was it was all working for me, except for a couple red flags. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It like was very reminiscent of their first date and how Rory mm. kind of had to like push her <laughs> or make her aware of what was happening. Um, it was yeah. very cute. I'm glad that Jamie is back, even though, yeah, he has those red flags. But I also mm-hmm. wish that he was back for like more than this scene and what happens later. Yeah, and what kind of break is he on? Yeah, like a little fall break, mini or fall break. I had that at yeah. my school, but it was just like a long weekend, not really enough time to rekindle a relationship. But hey, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Where is Princeton? It's in, is it in New Jersey? I think so. Yeah, I guess that makes a lot more sense. For some reason, for mm-hmm. a couple minutes, I was like, thinking of it in California I was like that would be right, huge but that's Stanford but, right yeah yeah I didn't apply to Ivy Leagues um I'm a bit Me rusty neither. as well <laughs> yeah I'm very bad at recognizing where colleges are it's just part of mm-hmm. part of how I am <laughs> so we end this scene with Paris leaving with Jamie seems promising and we go right into a scene at home where Lane is calling Dave and hanging up and I remember in the days before cell phones and even before caller ID this was a regular thing that happened (laughs) really yeah (laughs) I remember like my friends and I would call like because you could find out people's phones from the phone book you know so you could just call them Mm. but as soon as caller ID started becoming more popular which I think was like right around when I was in middle school that obviously had to stop because yeah. <laughs> because you would call somebody and hang up on them and they would know exactly who it was. Do you think Dave knew Lane was the one who was calling him? Or like, what was their house thinking, you know? Like, yeah. there's at least three calls in this one short span of time. If I was like his mom or something, I'd be like, who is this? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I bet he maybe had an inkling because he... When he shows up later, he seems to be pretty confident that the feeling is mutual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dean is super confused about this, and he starts, like, kind of trolling Lane by saying, mm-hmm. like, she'll hang up and be like, oh, yeah, it sounded good. He's home He's home alone. And Dean would be like, what if he's home alone with a girl? <laughs> <laughs> and she, like, the second time, she notices the music. So she's like, oh, a girl, you know, but then Dean's like, what if he's with a girl who's a major Who fan? <laughs> wow, Dean. Oh, um, and Rory's like, why are you causing trouble? And <laughs> this was actually the most I think I had liked Dean 
in a mm-hmm. while. Like the three of them seemed fairly companionable. And I liked that he was like poking holes jokingly in this whole what they describe as girl stuff of all of these rules about how she can't actually call and talk to him and Dean's like well if you'd done that with me you would have known I liked you sooner like he's actually kind of offering some valid (laughs) advice here and I don't know I liked the playful interaction here and I guess it made me also realize maybe that Lane does spend more time with Dean and that could be mm-hmm. part of the kind of confusion we had previously wondering why she was so angry at Jess during that car fight and later she's really cold to Jess again so I'm like I guess maybe this whole time Lane has been very team Dean yeah yeah I can never tell like if she's just like playing whatever team Rory is on just mm-hmm. like kind of exaggerating her feelings towards Dean or Jess based off of what Rory is saying, but I liked them hanging out. But I do still think that Jess and Lane would get along pretty well. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, So the three of them are interrupted by Lorelai getting home and she asks Rory to join her in the kitchen. Again, there's this silent communication where Lorelai is looking expectantly and Rory just says no before (laughs) Lorelai even asks her to be her partner. And Rory is saying, you know, this is Dean's first marathon. We had been thinking about being spectators. And she lists all the things that they want to see. Andrew getting in a fight. (laughs) uh, Taylor being drunk as thinking about being a magician. Kirk winning to the theme of the Rocky movie. All very fun things. Um, And I think she offers an excuse here that I think she thinks maybe would get her out. Like, well, Paris says we have to work this weekend. I'll ask her if I if we can move it. But, you know, and if she says yes, then I'll be your partner. Um, probably maybe thinking that Paris will say no, mm-hmm. which is not the case. <laughs> I also I noticed during this scene and also during the Friday night dinner, something that I almost made my Lorelai's closet for the episode, but not quite. In the Friday night dinner, Lorelai was wearing like a pink shirt and she had a necklace that was like very dainty but had a pink stone on it. Mm. And then in this scene, she was wearing a green shirt and had a necklace which with a matching green stone on it. Oh. I was just like, that's the first time I've ever seen that kind of continuity and I liked it. Very fashionable. Yeah. I know this, but this episode has such iconic fashion that anything else was like, sorry, I can't even look twice. (laughs) Yeah. In a normal episode, that would have been my Lorelai's closet, but there's more to come. (laughs) Right. So the next scene, we get the follow-up to this conversation, which is at school. um, And Rory asks Paris during class if she is willing to reschedule the Franklin stuff. Without hesitating, Paris says yes, which immediately sends Madeline and Louise into a tizzy and they like start going to every single guy behind them asking if they have plans that Saturday to make sure that they have a date or something to do. Uh huh. Like Madeline's guy says no, and then you overhear Louise shouting, I've got two over here. <laughs> so they like instantly arrange their weekend plans the second they find yeah. out they're free. It was really well done. I was laughing a lot during that. <laughs> they are like in this show so rarely, but they always have great comedic moments, especially when paired yeah. with Paris, who's just like such an opposite. Yeah. They are so memorable and fun. 
like such a good dynamic duo and like say what we will about how this show kind of like fails to portray different types of girls oftentimes like they do pretty well with Madeline and Louise Mm -hmm. and I don't always give them props for that I don't want to go off we already (laughs) have much more to talk about but let's just say I like Madeline Louise yeah (laughs) um after this Rory asks Paris or she kind of infers from all of that that Paris had a good time with Jamie and (laughs) Paris finally agrees and I liked this last line Paris was like he's either special or he's Ted Bundy it's one or the other (laughs) I thought that that was hilarious and also I mean we could easily have be reading Jamie's actions in a creepy way if we wanted Mm -hmm. to so it could work (laughs) yeah I actually, I was wondering what your thoughts were on this. Like, one thing that they discuss is how strange it is that Jamie is choosing to date a high schooler Mm -hmm. when he could be dating other college girls. Um, And I was wondering, like, is it weird that he does want to date Paris? Are we supposed to be worried or excited about their new relationship? Like, is it fun that she came to class late? And is calm now and cancels plans? Mm. Or is it worrisome behavior? That's a really good point. Because I think the age thing depends on if Jamie is... I think he's a freshman. So they would have met like in the summer before college. I feel like that makes a big difference. Rather than like a college junior looking at a high schooler for a girlfriend. That feels much different. (laughs) But you're right with the like how Paris is kind of letting things slide and not acting herself because of this. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, if that continues, we should be worried about it. Yeah. Maybe this one time it's okay because she's in like a bit of a honeymoon type phase. But you're right. That is that could <laughs> like if that was happening with a friend, I'd be like, so you're just letting these things that are very important to you go because a guy showed up. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the best thing <laughs> yeah um I think the age isn't huge it's more so like the different phases of life to me like I view yeah. high school and college very differently but um I do think he's a freshman so like that's not a major concern but the last thing I wanted that I had been thinking about also was that she asked Rory not to tell Madeline and Louise because they will um start singing the Trojan commercial (laughs) song (laughs) and earlier she'd also mentioned like oh college girls are more experienced than I am so I think Paris Mm -hmm. is also these little details are flagging like um, her anticipation and anxiety about being sexually active with Jamie and we all know this will be tied to the storyline yeah. to catastrophic effects later <laughs> on. So I thought this was a little bit of foreshadowing of like her worry and maybe anticipation of it rather than like excitement about it necessarily. Yeah, that's true. And I feel like that's very relatable <laughs> for like most most girls in this age. I hadn't even picked up on the fact that she didn't want Madeline and Louise to know that could also become a red flag if it continues, but we're just turning a blind eye at the moment because we like Jamie. I get it. They're a little bit like overbearing and experience themselves. Like that kind mm-hmm. of happened when they found out about her date with Tristan. You know, it's like yeah, certain true. friends you want to tell certain things, you know. <laughs> That's true. 
But now to the meat and potatoes. <laughs> yeah. The scene ends and that's the end of Chilton stuff. So now we know that Rory has to be Lorelai's partner for the dance. She couldn't get out of it. And it is early in the morning, 530, and they're all dressed up. For some reason, everybody's dressed up in like 1940s kind of post-war outfits. Yeah, which was not mentioned on any of the like posters and banners. Yeah. So I'm wondering when and how this was communicated, <laughs> but everyone is very on theme. <laughs> yeah, is it just like a unspoken rule that happens every year or something? Babette signs them in and they have to go and get physicals and release forms. <laughs> and then Suki and Jackson show up. Suki gets my Lorelai's closet for the episode. She's wearing this like navy blue uh, shirt dress with um, like smaller bouquets of flowers on it. It looks really pretty. And then she's got like the mm-hmm. hairdo and everything and the red lipstick. And she looks mm-hmm. great. I also wanted to give an honorable mention to Jackson, who is wearing like a brown velvet jacket and this like fancy scarf (laughs) with it as well. So they were a very handsome couple. Did you hear Suki say Jackson's suit makes her want to ration sugar? (laughs) (laughs) No, I missed that. That was a great line. (laughs) Uh, Adorable. (laughs) But this is when we get some alarming news about Suki and Jackson. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, (laughs) Suki talks to Lorelai, confides in her that Jackson last night told her that he wants to have four in four, which is four kids in four years. Terrifying. I'm aghast. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Like having four kids, that's fine. Like my family has Mm -hmm. four kids in it. But one kid right after the other, like that's having kids is already torture on a woman's body. (laughs) Mm-hmm. without giving her any time to recover that's just crazy like this might just be the feminist in me but I feel like Jackson even having this idea at all is very much viewing Suki as like a baby factory mm-hmm. rather than as his human being partner <laughs> yeah and it it this does like initiate I think my single problem that I have with Jackson as it relates to um the later on storyline about the vasectomy or the not vasectomy. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to like get too much into that because I kind of feel like that was unforgivable. (laughs) And I don't know how to like pair that with um, the current Jackson in this season. Uh, But as these conversations are happening, I was having a bit of trouble with like, I've up to this point really enjoyed Jackson and I think I'll continue to enjoy him. But that's also paired with the fact that he's got some serious uh, problems and does seriously problematic things as it relates mm-hmm. to having kids with Suki. Yeah, and I was also upset that later when he has a confrontation with Lorelai, they don't address this part of it at all. They just address like mm. Suki discussing her problems with Lorelai, but they don't yeah. they don't address why Suki might feel uncomfortable about it, and also like why she wouldn't want to have four and four anyways everybody reacts to that like oh my gosh that's ridiculous so I I don't understand why it wasn't addressed in a more yeah like realistic manner like what actually happens why Suki might not want to have four children in four years 
Yeah, that like seems to happen off screen. I think it would have been better on screen. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a couple things where there were scenes that were maybe cut from the episode. Yeah. Um, like later on, <laughs> Elaine and Dave scene. I feel like they what we'll get there. But um, yeah, I feel like that storyline is left a bit hanging in parts, like you said. But here I think Lorelai does offer wise counsel to Suki who is like reluctant to tell Jackson no because she says she accidentally said okay and he <laughs> took it as okay. <laughs> and Suki's like, you know, we're newlyweds. Um, I don't want to like bring this up. It would be our first fight. And Lorelai says um, that she needs to talk to him because it's not much of a marriage if they can't talk about these things. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> This will, of course, come back up later in the episode. Mm -hmm. But for right now, we go in and see Lane stirring eggless egg salad. And for the first time this season, I'm giving this my gotta taste test award, ironically, because I don't want to taste yeah. it. <laughs> I was going to do the same thing. I was going to do like my <laughs> I don't want to taste test. Yeah. Uh, which is also it's a bit ironic because I've kind of forgotten about this segment that we added yeah. and then you know haven't done um, and then to bring it up again for the one thing I don't want to eat <laughs> it sounds so gross it also my mom when I was growing up like went through different diet phases which of course like screwed up me and my sister and our eating our mm. relationship with food but not going into that she went through this phase where she, like, she had an eggless phase, so we had a lot of tofu, so I've had eggless egg salad, and then she went mm. through a gluten-free phase, so we would have non-gluten bread before it became okay. Like, now it's pretty okay. You can eat it normally, but at the mm -hmm. time, it was just, like, a crumbly mess, so I'm pretty sure I've had something along these lines, and it's mm. not pleasurable in any way. Ugh. yeah Ugh. <laughs> yeah and mrs kim is handing out like bible pamphlets along mm -hmm. with the sandwiches and she says rory give this one to your mother very pointedly <laughs> yeah they're dancing with the devil pamphlets <laughs> mm -hmm. poor lorelei <laughs> right and lorelei continues to have an awkward time because when rory does mm -hmm. go up to her they're trying to get their physical and it turns out it's from stanley's wife who is very alarmed that lorelei doesn't look like i guess i think she said that she's had a face altering car crash <laughs> she lists a few things that we learn her husband had told her um like oh you don't need to worry <laughs> so it was pretty funny yeah i don't remember i didn't write down much from this confrontation other than that it was mm -hmm. funny and also, I think it's a good idea that they're getting some sort of physical before doing this 24-hour dance feat because it could be very strenuous. Right. And next to the sandwich stand later on, we'll see they have like a first aid station. Mm -hmm. This whole thing is run like very efficiently and I think as safely as possible. And we get this continuing, I think, sense from the next scene, which opens in the gym. And Taylor is on, like, his megaphone reading all the rules <laughs> about this whole event. It's very organized. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I think the yeah. physical is definitely a good idea because, I mean, maybe I would pass the physical, but I don't know if I would 
survive the actual marathon very well (laughs) yeah seriously i i can't even just stay awake just like doing nothing (laughs) for 24 Mm -hmm. hours i'm not i can't pull all-nighters so it's just Mm -hmm. just crazy (laughs) so (laughs) yeah after we hear um taylor listing off all the rules we see that luke has set up his coffee stand it's not ready yet but in classic Luke fashion, he has a secret thermos that, that he gives to uh, Rory and Lorelai. Of course he does. Yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and then Kirk comes by with his partner and like in a very kind of up in Lorelai's face type of way, wishes them luck. And this <laughs> is where I have my Friday night dinner and what happens next. And I chose this because it's very trivial and there mm. are like bigger things that happen in the episode, but I feel like the episode is actually critiquing them within mm. the episode. Mm. So I just wanted to do something kind of trivial. And this yeah. is Rory says that Kirk has very little in his life and lists off all these things. Like he lives with his mom. He doesn't have a girlfriend. He doesn't have a car. All he has is this dance marathon. And I thought that that was so rude and Kirk has so many things in his life just because they're not the same things that Rory wants. He has multiple jobs. He has an active social life. (laughs) He, Mm. as we find out later on, has a huge bank account. You know, he's got things in his life (laughs) and he is excited about this dance marathon. There's no reason to belittle that excitement about it. Mm. So I was just annoyed by this. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. Like it says more about Rory's perspective Mm -hmm an outlook on life and what are the things that fulfill you says more about her Mm -hmm. than it does about Kirk because I think you're right though we do know later on like he does seek a girlfriend um but he does have more things and and she says this will take away his last shred of dignity (laughs) which is like not true I think as you say (laughs) but I did love the rivalry between Lorelai and Kirk and how seriously they both take it because um Lorelai's response to Rory's defense of Kirk even as offensive as it is um Lorelai says I wonder if he'll cry very ruthlessly <laughs> yeah yeah I did love that and you can tell that it's like it just kind of adds to the town feeling of all of this that there's like a history mm-hmm. there that we haven't seen it makes everything feel more tangible and I also wanted to add that my Lorelai's closet goes out to Rory This might be a little basic of me to pick main character, but (laughs) I'm happy to be that way. Uh, It's like a bright red or a really rich red with little white polka dots. And I love the way her hair is styled as well. Mm -hmm. I think she just looks really pretty and it makes it all the more tragic when she goes through her devastating emotional upheaval <laughs> later on that she looks so gorgeous as it's happening. It's very romantic. <laughs> I noticed something strange about Rory's outfit, mm. which is so in this first, like at the beginning, she has her hair like there's kind of a ponytail part in the back and then the rest is mm-hmm. like uh, looped up, up on the sides Later on in the scene where they have the 10 minute break and everybody goes to the floor, all of her hair is kind of turned up into the little curls. There's not the ponytail bit in the back except for like a piece that has fallen loose. So they changed her hair halfway through the episode. Just a continuity thing. I didn't notice again if it changed back. And it would be 
one thing if it was all up and then some of it was down because then you know it fell out over the course of the night but it wouldn't make sense for it to be all up again during the runaround moment Mm -hmm. when she hasn't had a break exactly (laughs) (laughs) interesting (laughs) Mm -hmm. at this point the dance marathon finally begin begins and they kick things off with a very jazzy number and everyone is doing a kind of like swing style dance and they're all very like active and energetic right now this will not be the case as the hours (laughs) go along but it's how everything starts and they're all doing kind of like showy moves and I feel like each couple their dance style sort of reflected their personality in a fun way um I would want to I want to highlight Babette and Maury here because they do a cool move where Maury kind of like kicks his leg over Babette as she crouches down and then immediately Babette says I'm out and Maury says okay (laughs) and this is where I want to say I think this is how I would approach the dance marathon personally I'd want to be involved in the fun but I would like to go out with a bang Mm -hmm. you know while I still have energy and then I would stick around to watch people for a little longer and then I would go to bed and maybe I would come back around in the morning. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but probably not. <laughs> How about you? Yeah, no, I agree. I loved that that she just like wanted to be there, be part of it. And then that was it. <laughs> and that they mm-hmm. clearly had talked about this beforehand. I would also I so I wish that the the marathon started and I know that it's probably more practical that it starts early in the morning, but for a spectator, I wish that it started more like 4 p.m. or something yeah. so that you could come watch maybe the first four or five hours, go home and sleep, and come back mm-hmm. the next day and not have to wake up super early to catch the last bit of it. Yeah, I feel like dance marathons are a thing I'm familiar with to raise money and correct me if I'm wrong but typically I feel like they're 12 hours and they would start at like 6 p.m and then until the morning I don't know like 12 hours going all like can you stay up all night dancing rather than can you stay up for an entire day yeah (laughs) it's just like they really go to the extreme with this marathon yeah I've never heard of heard of them in reality or seen one mm. so maybe that's just I don't know not a southwestern cultural thing I don't know um throughout this Lorelai and Kirk are like shit talking each other which is pretty funny it transitions to a slower song um this is when Dean arrives so this is also 15 minutes in because once Dean arrives they also notice that Andrew's having a fight with his date as promised (laughs) and it's because she told him she went out with Liam Neeson that's just which I love (laughs) that's just amazing like how could you how could she have kept that secret I would I feel like if I went on a date with somebody like Liam Neeson which obviously would never happen but I would tell everybody I mean I've met famous people or run into famous people for multiple reasons in the past, and I tell those stories a lot, <laughs> probably too much. Mm-hmm. So this this was a great fight for them to have. I thought it was fun. And I guess I also, I forgot to mention in my notes, um, this was actually six hours in, uh, so I guess it took him longer to yeah. fight than normal. Maybe um, they had two <laughs> fights, but... 
After this fight, Jess and Shane show up to watch, and they also make out a lot. (laughs) And (laughs) Dean, there's like a shot of them sitting there. Jess is staring hardcore at Rory as she's dancing with Lorelai. And it, the camera, like, swipes up to Dean watching Jess stare at Rory with this grumpy look on his face. And I have to say, yeah. a lot of the time during this episode, I felt bad for Dean because of what we've talked about so often with Rory. Just, like, not, like, she is the reason that this is all still happening because she refuses mm-hmm. to own up to it and break up with Dean so it, it, I just felt bad for him that he was, like, actively being hurt by the situation that could have ended a long time ago. Yeah. We had asked our um, listeners and followers on an Instagram story before we watched the episode about just general thoughts. And one listener commented, a classic Dean sucks, which <laughs> I agree with wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think... This episode is not when I I pers- I personally don't have that sentiment as much in this episode. Like you said, I feel more sympathetic than ever to Dean kind of as I'm watching this. So yeah, I I do I yeah. feel the same way as you. Yeah, another listener mentioned that they feel bad for Dean and Shane as well. Mm. Which is so true. Like Shane is in the same situation. And there are some like rom-coms where something like this happens and I feel like a great kind of uh, parody moment after all of this would be for Dean and Shane to then start going out (laughs) as two like jilted lovers from this. I actually (laughs) I had been thinking about this and I was like thinking about this as I was falling asleep last night because (laughs) I was just so like jazzed from watching the episode I couldn't stop thinking about it and one of my like one of the nagging thoughts I couldn't really shake was wondering about the like the continuity of the storyline throughout the season so far and how I feel like it was almost a bit shaky mm-hmm. um, in relation to like, as you mentioned, when Jess walks in, he's like so pointedly sitting in front of Rory, like aggressively trying to make her jealous. And then later on in the fights that they have, Rory is like, so so hostile to Jess and Shane both and it's like I don't I tonally I didn't understand how they could have had the sprinkler scene so recently where they had this like chemistry and kind of peaceful moment together to then go to this like in between was the car drama but other than that I'm like where's this renewed anger coming from and it had me thinking that I I ha- I brainstormed my version of season three, <laughs> and so here's my here's my take. I'll try to be as quick as possible with this. I think that this episode should have been the second episode of the season. So you've uh-huh. got like the first episode as is summer madness, just with Shane Rory seeing that being jealous, picking Dean, um, and then. Immediately after, you have, like, the blow up from the jealousy at this dance marathon. Rather than making you wait, having Dean unrealistically be the idiot for even longer. (laughs) (laughs) And so it all kind of blows up then. And maybe Rory 
shockingly would be single for a few episodes (laughs) and then you still have the sprinkler moment but now they can like reconnect through it and they like kiss or whatever at the end and then they start dating wow i just think that would make sense (laughs) Mm -hmm. and and to your point about like the the bond and the shared experience between shane and dean in this series of events in my head canon um (laughs) Like they, I think it, it is a very common rom-com thing that the two jilted people would get together. And I think it could be done, especially if my second, my second head canon is that Jess and Shane should have been doing fake dating trope this whole time. Ah. That would have granted <laughs> Shane a lot more agency and choice and it would have made it more fun. Jess wouldn't be like using her so horribly and there'd be dramatic irony because Rory would be so jealous, but it would be of something that's not real. They could still be like making out and whatnot. Um, but then since it's fake, then there's the fun twist where Shane could, you know, there'd be the, like the Dean of it all. I was just like, Oh, could have been fun. Could have been fun. <laughs> yeah. This sounds like a great movie. I think you should pitch it. Mm. <laughs> I might have some copyright infringement worries, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> We interrupt this podcast with a message from our sponsor. You're cordially invited to participate in the Stars Hollow 51st Annual 24-Hour Dance Marathon. It's this Saturday at 6 a.m. to Sunday at 6 a.m. in the Stars Hollow High School Gymnasium. All proceeds from the dance marathon go to charity. Though we raised enough money through the Tennessee Williams look-alike contest to repair the bridge, we still need more financial contributions to purchase a tarp that will protect the bridge while it is under repair during the colder months of the year. If charitable good deeds aren't really your thing, maybe this will draw you in. The Dance Marathon offers complimentary coffee and eggless egg salad sandwiches. Yum! If that's not enticing enough, the Dance Marathon also offers plenty of entertainment, lots of dancing, live music, and for some inexplicable reason, costumes from the World War II era. In addition to scheduled entertainment, each year, without fail, there's a load of drama. Within the first 15 minutes, Andrew fights with his date, Taylor gets punched drunk and talks about how he wants to be a magician, and when Kirk wins, he does a victory dance to the Rocky theme. Last year, we even had a couple and their friends loudly fighting about how many kids to have, and another couple even had a devastating public breakup. You won't want to miss what this year's dance marathon has in store. Sign up at Dozies today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I thought you were going to just like rearrange the episodes we already had, mm. which I think could be done. Like if the sprinkler episode came... And then the egg episode, and then the hair dyeing episode, and then this. I think that would like build up the to the level of hostility, perhaps. Yeah, I think that would make sense too. Having that sprinkler thing in the middle of the of Rory's like epic hatred <laughs> of Shane and mm-hmm. Jess just kind of threw things for a loop. I think. I agree. I think that's the most confusing thing. And it also confuses me in terms of Jess's attitude as Mm -hmm. well, because we talked about like how he was being more mature and kind of like resigned. And yet here he's like the opposite. He's really back to like the instigator role, trying to push her buttons and Dean's buttons Mm -hmm. in a way that he wasn't before. So it's like what changed between these episodes? You know, we don't really get the answer. And it makes something that, it makes something that feels so overdue feel out of the blue somehow. Like, <laughs> I don't know how it feels so like you're almost surprised that they break up in this episode when it's all that we've been expecting. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I completely forgot where we were. Yeah. So Shane and Jess had just arrived and it begins this like staring Cold War <laughs> that we were talking about. Um And then it sort of fades to black and we open up again and the scoreboard says 14 hours elapsed, 45 couples remaining. Previously, there had been 127 couples remaining. And I just want to say this might be easy to like overlook. Maybe not. But at this point, (laughs) it has been 14 hours. I know. And it started at 6 a.m. So they didn't even have that much sleep beforehand anyway. So, of course, these teenagers are, like, freaking out on each other because they're so sleep-deprived and exhausted. (laughs) And they, like, barely get any time to go and eat or go to the bathroom or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It's it's torturous. (laughs) But during this scene, Jackson and Suki kind of approach them. Jackson starts kind of asking these cryptic questions. He asks... Lorelai, like, what does she think about his hair? Lorelai is very confused, obviously, by this mm-hmm. question. And then Taylor blows the horn for the runaround, which is torture again. <laughs> like, everybody has to go mm-hmm. and do laps around the gym. This really is like a bachelor date. Yeah. <laughs> the last five people across the line are automatically disqualified. It's just, this is intense. <laughs> But during all of this, Jackson keeps, like, asking these cryptic questions. And finally, we kind of get a hint about what it is, but Jackson runs off the floor. Sookie's waving her yellow flag. And we kind of get the, the indication that Jackson is upset that 
Suki has asked Lorelai's opinion about all of this foreign forest stuff. <laughs> uh, but we'll come back to that in a little bit. I just, yeah. I still can't. This reminds me of high school PE classes. <laughs> but just like add on to that, that you've been standing in heels and dancing for 14 hours. <laughs> I know. It's, it's astonishing. When the runaround is over, all of the couples collapse on the ground and Rory <laughs> is like trying to kick Lorelai, but she's too tired to even be able to get her body to go in that direction. So she says, I owe you one. <laughs> um, very, It's very good stuff. And that's kind of maybe our last lighthearted moment for the rest of the episode. Maybe there's there's a couple more, but um, this is on the verge of a really big fight, yeah. <laughs> which um happens because they get a 10 minute break after the runaround i feel like they should at least get a 30 minute break after doing four laps after 14 hours of dancing but (laughs) hey um so we will have two scenes of drama and conflict one is at the sandwich table and the other is at the coffee stand (laughs) food oriented as i would also be in this circumstance (laughs) first we go to the sandwich stand where jess approaches lane and Elaine is very cold to him. And then Jess kind of starts poking around. He asks Elaine, uh, like, he's noticed that Rory isn't dancing with Dean. He tries to make something of it. Lane kind of refuses to rise to this bait, which I thought was great. But she also is being very cold to him, which mm-hmm. I would probably do if my best friend's love slash nemesis came to talk to me <laughs> it's a very confusing place to be for lane <laughs> yeah definitely and he's being so obvious trying to yeah. gather intel about rory while he's supposedly with shane it's just so <laughs> roll your eyes yeah <laughs> like i i love jess as a character but the way he treats shane is just deplorable to use a buzzword mm-hmm. it's just like even if supposedly she's on on board with the arrangement, it's just not okay. I'll have more to say about that at the end of the episode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Rory and Dean then show up and... Oh, wait. You forgot a, a golden moment. As Jess is standing there, Mrs. Kim walks over and demands, <laughs> who are you? <laughs> and, and Jess says, Jess pauses. Ma'am. <laughs> Mrs. Kim demands respect from everyone, (laughs) even Jess. (laughs) Yeah, the only adult that he'll show respect towards. Mm -hmm. A formidable woman. (laughs) Yeah, really. (laughs) So then Rory and Dean come up and Rory is like straight away on the attack saying that the sandwiches are just for dancers. Like she doesn't even, they could have just kind of passed in silence, you know, but she, she cannot resist this opportunity to just attack Jess and I know she is so antagonistic from like the first just Mm -hmm. from the very start of this it's like where is she coming from here where it's so intense like is she (laughs) trying to kind of perform for Dean like perform a hatred for Jess so that Dean feels like doesn't pick up on her attraction to him because that it does the opposite I I want to say that like I almost think no, because I feel like Rory is so clueless and oblivious to <laughs> Dean throughout this whole exchange until she tries to use him as a tool <laughs> to make mm-hmm. Jess jealous later on in this conversation. It's like, I feel like the source of her anger, the only thing I can think of is like this 
like resentment for him choosing Shane and her sort of sexual frustration that she's also repressing is like that's the only thing I can really think of because I don't know I was trying to think of this last episode too as we were talking about like why is she so angry about the car the bra comment in the back of the car like I don't know what the sources of her anger are besides like this like jealousy that is just so out of control perhaps because she can't even admit to herself that she is jealous because how can you do that if that's not your boyfriend you know yeah gosh the repression (laughs) of it must be repression yeah seriously (laughs) it's just like I don't know it's just the expectation that everybody has for her to be the perfect little girl and like the ways that she thinks she has to live up to that and like the things that she has Mm -hmm. told herself she's not allowed to do because of that are Mm -hmm. coming back to bite her in the ass and it will result (laughs) in a very public scene ironically yeah Yeah, you thought you could hide this (laughs) think again Mm -hmm. yeah the first half of this conversation is just like a ton of back and forth between rory and jess rory being very like angry and jess having of course like very witty comments Mm -hmm. he's really like turning around a lot of her words so when she said the foods for the dancers he says i'm dancing on the inside (laughs) lol um rory for some reason critiques him for being a spectator at the dance marathon she's like don't you have anything better to do ignoring the fact that this was her very plan for her and dean Mm -hmm. just like of course observes that logic and his retort is asking dean like i don't know does dean have anything better to do and dean just like stares him down and says I wouldn't direct a comment to me if I were you, which is like very (laughs) threatening. But what I will say about it is that Dean is trying not to engage. He's not retorting back. He's saying like, I don't even want to have a conversation with you. I don't want to go there. So he's like not trying to actively have this like verbal sparring with Jess, which is not what Jess is doing here at all. He's very much instigating. And then... The other thing I wanted to highlight in this dialogue after this, Jess is like, I'm just trying to support my town. And Rory says, then go back to New York. Ouch. Like, I, wow. It's just so cold of her and how far they've come from like her going to visit him, her kissing him when she finds out that he's come back. Like, mm-hmm. It's just such a 180. And I don't know if she feels it but the way that she says it she just like throws that out there at him so cold (laughs) yeah yeah I just she's so mean to him it it almost makes it or it does make it really kind of understandable why things don't work long term for them like this is Mm -hmm. maybe if after the kiss at the wedding she had done what we suggested broken up with Dean that (laughs) summer written Jess a letter (laughs) and we could have started this season out with them together I think things would have gone Mm. so differently but like to have had this period of like building up all this antagonism towards each other and also like leaving so many people hurt in the wake of their decisions I feel like there's just Mm -hmm. it was doomed from the beginning when they finally do get together we'll talk about their their scene after all of this goes Mm -hmm. down 
but like the fact that they would even consider dating each other immediately after this is such a bad idea yeah seriously (laughs) did they forget this very interaction that happened merely i guess hours 12 hours a lot of time does pass maybe they did forget they're sleep deprived (laughs) yeah true (laughs) uh part of this scene so after they've had their like uh argument more or less shane arrives and there is what i call an affection standoff so jess like puts his (laughs) arm around shane rory then makes or puts dean's arm around her and dean like through all of this you can just see him like boiling on the inside so he does do a good mm-hmm. job of kind of not reacting, but you can tell that he's very upset about this, as mm-hmm. I think he should be. It's so obvious. There's, like, no hiding what her motivations here are. It's it's just ridiculous. I feel bad for Shane also, because she was kind of noticing it, I think. Like, when Shane arrives, and Rory is mean to her, too, of course, she repeats her, like, foods for the dancer line, and Shane's like, get a life which yeah. makes sense to me um just says to shane rory's feeling a little territorial which i guess that face value is about the sandwich stand but it's clearly that she's feeling territorial of jess which is just so bad all things considered here but then yeah there's like the performative just doing the arm to shane rory doing that to dean and dean like noticing and just not being okay with that I feel like that was one of the final straws for Dean yeah (laughs) honestly I mean he blows up later on but he just seems very dejected here and is like we need to go and the minute that they go just removes his arm from Shane is like I'm gonna go get soda and I feel like that moment I think Shane was definitely kind of awakening to the situation if she hadn't already, like, when he just immediately leaves her hanging. She'd already been waiting for him for 20 minutes outside. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> poor girl. Yeah, and it's also, like, her reaction to Rory, like, Rory jabbing at her made so much sense based off of their last interaction, which was Rory being mm-hmm. terrible to her as at, when Shane was at work. And we can also mm-hmm. still, like... We have no idea how much Shane knows about the history between Jess and Rory. We kind of have to assume it's very little. So, yeah, this scene is just, like, so bad for her. <laughs> this was a rough break. <laughs> I, I like the way that it really put a parallel between Shane and Dean and mm-hmm. the way that both of them were the recipient of this arm move in the affection standoff, as you termed it. I like that. It's like... <laughs> they're being used as props in this performance, you know, mm-hmm. by their significant others. And I just have a lot of sympathy for yeah. them. Yeah, it would be interesting if they decided to get together. <laughs> this reminded me, I'll make this a brief thought because it's about future stuff, but this reminds me of the Rory and Logan situation in the revival mm-hmm. when they both have a prop of like the fa- like the fiance and the fake boyfriend, Paul, who's never around. And it's, like, the whole time, it's just, like, stop the madness. Like, you could just date each other if you want to. No one is standing in your way. And it's such a frustrating situation as a viewer because it's, like, we can't even recognize a reason they can't be together, you know, especially then and now. So it's, like, just, just, ah, you know. Why are you torturing yourself? (laughs) 
Yeah. Right. And then I just feel tortured as a result. <laughs> I know. And it makes them just like do so many morally questionable things. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll pick we'll pick back up with this love triangle or yeah, love triangle. No, it's really just a Rory and her problems. Yeah. And just what <laughs> whatever. We'll pick back up with it. <laughs> but next we go to the coffee stand for some more drama and this time between adults because adults have problems too <laughs> yeah. so jackson or lorelei is there and jackson comes up and he finally confronts her and explains why he's angry which is that he thinks lorelei shouldn't have an opinion on if and when he and Suki have children which i think is a valid claim as i said earlier like they're not they're not addressing the thing that I really have a problem with, which is the four and four. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it it does make sense to be like, we need to ha- like these pr- these conversations should be like private between us. To an extent, I understand and I think it's valuable to seek out opinions mm-hmm. and advice from your friends, but I also think it it is important to have that with the actual person involved. And I I do understand and support Jackson's claim to like privacy as well, uh, but I that's not the heart of the issue for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you said, I also think it's like they're ignoring the actual troubling thing, which is this four and four. Yeah, <laughs> and I like that as they're having this conversation, Luke is chiming in with all of these funny little comments saying, "Oh, it." Four and four? That is crazy. It'd be crazy to have one in four years. <laughs> and when Suki and Jackson walk away to like go hash out the fight, Luke deadpans, they're going to make great parents. That's <laughs> uh, true. He's funny. Jackson also has a funny line where he like says that he uh, doesn't deserve to have his life uh, discussed on a public forum because I'm not Winona Ryder. I feel like this had yeah. must have had a lot of context. Maybe this was like when she was dating Johnny Depp or something. But I think that this must have had a mm-hmm. lot of like in the moment context that we are missing at the yeah. at the moment because she isn't super like talked about. I mean, she's talked about like any other celebrity, but not to a huge extent at the moment. Yeah, was that her shoplifting scandal? as well was that her I totally forgot about that maybe yeah oh Winona (laughs) I know another fun she's in Stranger Things now so she's having a bit of a revival in the yeah at least for me renewed relevance to me yeah (laughs) I mean I love her as an actor she's in so many great Mm -hmm. movies but yeah that's that's context that we're slightly missing at the moment well from here we go to the 23rd hour Six couples are remaining, and you know some shit's going to go down in the 23rd hour because they've been up and dancing for 23 hours. All of these conflicts are going to come to a boil. It's ridiculous. This, Mm -hmm. the beginning of this, though, is my Stars Hollow moment for the episode. (laughs) Taylor is, like, kind of blabbering about, I don't know, a dream he had or something. And, like, you know... There's a point in sleep deprivation where you pretty much just act drunk, and that's exactly what's happening yeah. here. Miss Patty is standing next to him in this awesome little green hat with a net and a little like white flower mm-hmm. on it. She looked great. And 
she's just like kind of almost listening to him and then uh taylor kind of falls asleep and miss patty reaches for the megaphone and taylor wakes up very possessive over the megaphone and i just like this entire episode is a star's hollow moment but this this specifically i just love the interactions between miss patty and taylor and their Mm -hmm. their little shenanigans (laughs) they had a lot of really good interactions like you said it was hard to like write all of them down but I could always count for a good chuckle from them in the midst of all of this um more serious stuff Mm -hmm. but as you said in the 23 hour mark things are about to go bad the first sign of this is Lorelai's heel breaks which is just another level of like these people are insane why would you do this and not be wearing comfy shoes that couldn't be me yeah that's I I, that's just yeah (laughs) Um, so she has to go and fix it. She pulls Dean over to like dance with Rory slash hold her up because Rory is basically falling asleep on Lorelai. And mm-hmm. Dean has like a nice little moment here where he's holding her up and he kind of looks like okay with things, kind of contented. He like looks down at Rory and seems happy. Dress, of mm-hmm. course is watching (laughs) i know i had the same sort of observation where it was like oh this would be a fairly sweet moment between the two of them he's got his head like his chin is resting on top of her head and she's very much like clinging to him because i mean she's half asleep Mm -hmm. and it seems sweet and they're close and then the camera pans over (laughs) to just just (laughs) staring them down and you know the breakup is looming at this point, but for that moment in time, I think this maybe was like a Dean, maybe his final attempt to be like, maybe things are okay, yeah. you know, like maybe this is all fine and we'll be okay moving forward and it is not no. the case. <laughs> oh, poor Dean. <laughs> Lorelai, of course, who does she seek out for help? Luke. And she asks him, do I look like a cobbler to you? She asks him (laughs) to fix a shoe. Like, not everybody can just fix a shoe. But he is also very resourceful and will help Lorelai whenever Mm -hmm. he can. So he volunteers to go back to the diner and get some glue. Was he also awake this entire time? Like, I... The the logistics of this. He must have been. I know. I also have a question about the logistics of Sookie who approaches Lorelai now to like fill her in I'm like has Sookie been awake this whole time why isn't she just at home sleeping she could tell her another (laughs) day but she like comes back to inform her apparently they talked it out and Jackson is okay with ever he's okay with whatever she wants and then Sookie's like what do I want (laughs) and (laughs) Lorelai refuses to like offer her opinion again essentially telling Sookie to like make up her own mind on what she wants, which is important. Mm -hmm. She also has this really funny line about how she doesn't want Jackson killing her. (laughs) And um, I think, I guess there are so many lines. I forgot to like nominate one for a just ass attack, but I guess I'll do it for this one. I think it is good. She says, Jackson's a produce man. They'll never find the body, but the squash will be particularly (laughs) chatty that year. (laughs) And I thought that was a good callback to her saying she made the peas talk earlier on oh, in the episode. Yeah. Um, 
And I think Emily's closing line in that scene was something like about Lorelai making asparagus talk or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just like the little vegetable mentions. <laughs> and it was a, a witty line. Veggie humor. <laughs> I really wonder, mm-hmm. like, when did veggie tales start coming out? <laughs> was it after this? <laughs> it must have been way before this because I remember as a kid. But I think. Anyways. Yeah. Luke returns and helps to fix her shoe. They sit down on the bleachers. And Luke admits that he is not as anti-kid as he came off in their earlier conversation. He says, like, you know, he's not that keen on dealing with other people's bodily functions, which I understand. But if he met the right person, it would be a discussion to have. And mm-hmm. as with so many moments between Luke and Lorelai, this is just, like, so heavy with implication. And pregnant with meaning wow (laughs) yes i know (laughs) and lorelei admits that you know if she met the right person she might also be interested in having another kid and they just kind of look at each other and don't say anything (laughs) i know it's so transparent yeah i guess to anyone but lorelei i i just can't this was so obvious to me what luke was doing like the whole time he went to the diner and back, he was thinking to himself, like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I gave her that impression. I better go, like, tell her it's not what it seems. Like, <laughs> these two, we've still got a whole nother season or, yeah, a whole nother season before they get together. Well, meanwhile, as this is happening, they use a good disco ball as a transition <laughs> where the camera pans to the disco ball and then it cuts to another scene. They did Classic. that a couple times this episode. Love that. Here, we get a delightful Lane and Dave scene in the Mm -hmm. midst of all of this sadness and conflict. We somehow get this, like, delightful Lane and Dave scene. Thank you very much, writers. (laughs) (laughs) So Lane is at the sandwich bar, sandwich table still. And Dave is kind of standing off in the background. He finally, he approaches uh, Lane and he says that it's been a while since they talked. It was so cute. And that Mm -hmm. he just wanted to see her. He missed her. And this was just, just adorable. (laughs) I know. She says she missed him too. And like what progress, you know, they're finally openly admitting, not operating under some pretense. I'm I'm glad that Lane has not tried to take a leaf out of Rory's book and how to deal with guys that she's interested in because <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, she's at least a bit more straightforward here, even if she doesn't go full out and say it. But mm-hmm. And Dave's reaction when she says she missed him, he smiles and says he's glad and relieved, Aww. which I just feel like was such a cute sentence. And I think one thing about Dave is that he and you know the actor Adam Brody he has a very charming smile I've Mm -hmm. noticed because obviously he's good looking but it's like what makes him so appealing I feel like his smile is one of those qualities as well as like the sweetness and thoughtfulness of Dave and his genius and strategy which he'll (laughs) display in a second here but I wanted to highlight his smile very charming smile yeah 
I hadn't noticed, but I'll take your word for it. Mm. He is very charming. <laughs> I also just like the mm-hmm. way he talks. He, he's kind of like mm-hmm. monotone and deadpan a lot of the time, but he's saying like very funny or intelligent things. Yeah, he's very much like a witty Gilmore Girls mm-hmm. love interest, like yeah. to the T. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mrs. Kim appears and this is so this is the first time Dave has met her. We don't really know how much Lane has told him about his her mom. I mean, he knows that <clears throat> she has to like practice in secret and stuff. So he probably knows a bit, but the way he pivots mm-hmm. here is just like so smooth. <laughs> he seriously. It, he's coming over for a sandwich. He takes a bite of the sandwich and compliments the sandwich and asks for another. Oh my gosh. Another one. (laughs) And then he says he has to go because his parents are in a private Bible study. Like he knows all of the notes to Mm -hmm. hit here. Mm -hmm. And then my gazebo moment comes when he somehow gets like finds out the information of when Lane is getting off. He asks, you know, if I can make it back in time to get more sandwiches with my parents, like how long will you be here? <clears throat> and then he makes it very clear, but also very cryptic for Mrs. Kim. He's like, so if I come back in 20 minutes, you'll still be here. But if I come back in 30 minutes, you won't be here. So if I come back in 30 minutes and you're not here, then I'll be over here. <laughs> and so it's like mm-hmm. clearly telling Lane to meet him at this place when she gets off of work. I loved it. It was so cute. I loved the scene too. My question for you is do you think they met up and it was like a cut scene? <sighs> or even if they didn't film it, like what is your headcanon? Did they meet up? If so, how did it go? I don't know. I just felt like they left us hanging with this. Yeah. I think they must have met up. Like there's no way with that lead up that they could meet mm-hmm. up and th- that they could like not meet up and then not talk about it later because he'd be like, why didn't you yeah. come? But I also... <laughs> Because we, we see their, like, first kiss and stuff soon, right? I don't remember exactly the context. Uh, yeah. So but they have to show us. Like, that can't yeah. happen off, like, without us knowing. Yeah. yeah. So I kind of like the idea that they did meet up, talked about the band and stuff, and then obviously... Maybe was, they held hands. Yeah. <laughs> and then obviously because it's 6 a.m. <laughs> in the morning, you know, they had oh, to yeah. leave. <laughs> um <laughs> But they had to have met up. Like, I hope they did at least. Mm-hmm. So cute. To follow up this lovely mm-hmm. moment, we go back to the gym. There's still six couples remaining. Everyone looks very tired. I feel like I'm at my 23rd hour <laughs> of this recap right now. And <laughs> but we have a monumental moment of reckoning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's finally here. <laughs> yeah. We also have my Rory's bookshelf moment. We pan into the scene and Jess is sitting on the bleachers reading. And I didn't know what this book was. I had posted about it on our Instagram. And Elena from the Women of Questionable Morals podcast responded and told me it's The Magic Mountain by Thomas Mann. Mm. And her friend recently read it and really enjoyed it. So I've added it to my list. I looked up a little bit about it, and it's a German book that's that was translated into English, uh, which is something I've been wanting to do more of recently, like read translated books. Um, and it's like a classic kind of bildungsroman, so a coming-of-age story, 
but also at the same time a bit of a parody of that so it sounds very interested mm. uh, interesting i'm excited to read it and jess seemed to be enjoying it here although i think he was not actually reading i think he was staring at rory through the corner of his eyes <laughs> mm-hmm I should mention another one of our listeners and followers had replied to our Instagram story saying that they love Jess and I forgot to bring it up earlier, but I feel like this is a good typical Jess Mm -hmm. thing of like in the midst of all of this, he took a break from trying to make Rory jealous by staring at her to like read the book. (laughs) It's very Jess. Um, And though some of his actions in this episode are not my favorite, this is a sign of like why he's still so appealing. (laughs) I agree with that comment. (laughs) It's true. So while Jess is reading, Rory, still dancing with Dean, starts kind of complaining about him again, how he's not even dancing. Like, why is he even here? And she just keeps going on and on. And she does not pick up at all on the fact that Dean is very clearly upset about this like very clearly angry Mm -hmm. about it she starts making sexist comments about shane as well talking about girls like shane and asking if they have a mirror so they can see how they look um god so rude we've already critiqued this attitude Mm -hmm. enough said i think but this is what jess overhears that event that inevitably is what he like he picks up on this and so he like yells back asking if she's talking about him she says I'm talking about Shane he's like then you're talking about me he says Shane doesn't concern you I think and she says Shane concerns me and all other women I believe and I care to disagree as someone who identifies as a woman Shane does not concern me at all (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay so eventually after the sparring Jess says you should just pay attention to your boyfriend Mm -hmm. this appears to be the tipping point for Dean he seems to have had an aha moment in the midst of this and he shouts back at Jess not Rory but to Jess he says sorry she can't I'm not her boyfriend anymore dun dun (laughs) oh my god (laughs) yeah this was epic (laughs) i guess what do you think of dean's reaction here and this seemingly kind of like spontaneous very public decision to do this breakup what is your response in a strange turn of events i'm on dean's side here i think that rory and jess had already made this a very public thing Mm. and the more that it went on the more like that Dean was kind of dragged into it and embarrassed by it, whether he was like worried about that in the moment or not. But he wasn't the one who made this breakup public. That was that was mm-hmm. Rory and Jess and their like argument over all of this. I think that Dean mm-hmm. he could have tried to like pull Rory away and told her or something, but I understand at this point how fed up he would be and not having mm-hmm. slept for twenty four hours that adds to it. <laughs> But I think that, mm-hmm. yeah, later in the episode, Jess is like, he shouldn't have done that to you in public. He shouldn't have broken up to- with you in public. I think that's ridiculous because Rory and Jess were already shouting at each other in public, making this like mm-hmm. a very public thing. Uh, Dean just reacted in a way that like he had held it in long enough. 
And yeah. sure, there's he could have done it in a better way, but the way he did it was also somewhat justified by the circumstances. So what did you think? <laughs> yeah, I think the first thing that tripped me up was like, oh, how do I feel about this being so public and so sudden? Um, of course, realistically, sure, it'd be it'd be nice of him to make this a private conversation. But I agree. Like, I feel like it is justified that this has already been going on in a public forum. And one of his comments that he says is like, Rory has the audacity to ask, what did I do? Mm-hmm. And it's and Dean is like, everyone can see Rory. And I think that supports our point of yeah. like, everyone has been able to see the fact that the breakup is public is honestly kind of par for the yeah. course at this point. Um, and he also says, you don't want to be with me, Rory. And it's just like, finally, he's had this realization. And it's sort of shocking to me that Rory was not the one to have that yeah. realization. Like, we've just been wanting her to realize you don't want to be with Dean. And it's actually in the end, Dean, who is the one to say that, to call her out for it. And he's like, I'm tired, but I'm over it. And it's like he is the one who's like realizing they've just been deluding themselves. He's been delusional (laughs) and he's had enough of it, even if like Rory hasn't. But I think it's so ironic, but fitting that in the end, yet again, Rory's relationship she did not make the choice like she still Dean made the call he was the one to make the decision to break up so even though she ends up having some self-awareness by the end of all of this where she admits to the situation like what she's been doing this whole time like it's it still was instigated by someone else making a decision for her like we're over let's stop this madness we're not fooling anyone let alone ourselves (laughs) that's so true yeah I hadn't thought about that but it is does she ever make a decision (laughs) maybe when she pulls Logan up at at the vow renewal that's her one romantic decision oh or like when she sleeps with Dean (laughs) yeah yeah Uh. (laughs) but oh that's interesting because she makes the decision to like stop being friends with benefits with Logan and then he's like, okay, fine, I'll be your boyfriend. So I wonder if that even counts mm-hmm. as a decision because it's like yeah. the opposite of what she had. I don't know. But you're right. Bracket that. But yeah. to this point of <laughs> severe lack of decisions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Dean walks off. Uh, we'll say this very rarely, but I'm on Dean's side here. And then Rory, of course, walks off the dance floor, which means that she and Lorelai are disqualified from the competition mm-hmm. i have a little question for you where was lorelei in <laughs> all know. of this <laughs> yeah because the last we saw her she was just on the bleachers like where did I she know. go <laughs> when did this happen i think that's a little continuity issue but mm-hmm. i'll let it slide yeah <laughs> i think that's like one of the problems when you have basically an entire episode taking place in one huge room <laughs> you kind of have yeah. to like suspend your disbelief a bit So after this, we go to a very important place for Jess, that little bridge over the creek where Rory is sitting. Mm -hmm. I had completely forgotten this scene. It like had 
blocked Me too. I blocked it from my memory or something. Yeah, because when Dean is on his way out, he essentially says, like, um, go ahead, be together. There's nothing standing in mm-hmm. your way now. I'm out. And I had the horrified thought, like, oh, they should not be no. together so soon. Uh, and then the very next scene is this bridge. And I just I see know. Jess, like, approaching her. And I thought, oh, maybe Lorelai's coming to check on her. But no, it was Jess. So I was like, oh, my God, are they going to, like, oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, <laughs> what, what must Shane be feeling, like, right after all of this? And then Rory leaves and R- Jess just runs after her. Like, it's obviously over. But mm-hmm. Jess says first that Dean is a jerk for embarrassing Rory. As we've just said, we disagree with that. <laughs> they were jerks for <laughs> embarrassing him. But Rory finally has some sort of self-awareness. She's like, no, Dean was right, at least about me. Or she she says, yeah, that he was right. And then looks to Jess for kind of confirmation. And then she says, well, at least he was right about me. And after a couple moments, Jess says yeah he was right about all of it so that's like it's basically them saying hey i like you well yeah i like you too except they never say mm-hmm. anything clearly so <laughs> of course they don't they're really set up for success yeah. for so many reasons seriously not uh rory asks what now to just rather than to herself oh my gosh. <laughs> like, what now is please, you take a couple please. months off <laughs> Have some self-introspection, yeah. please. <laughs> wow. But no, she has Jess and he says, um, are you really broken up with Dean? Like he needs a little confirmation. She says yes. So then he says, I have to go take care of something and like walks mm-hmm. away without another word. And I believe the show wants us to think this is romantic, mm-hmm. but... That something is a someone, Shane, you know, an actual person who has feelings. Um, And I think the first time I watched this, I don't remember. Well, I've watched Gilmore Girls many times, but in this time around, it struck me very Mm -hmm. differently. Like, I feel like I probably in the past felt like, oh, what a grand gesture. He's about to go do this for Rory. They'll finally get to be together. But this time around, I just feel like... It's such a bad yeah. taste, I feel like, and is really kind of the final like underscore in all of this like badness of the way they were both using other people. Mm-hmm. And so this is where I've placed my Friday night dinner critique. Like we've both been um, exploring this whole thread the whole time, but I thought this was a good example, a good moment to highlight it. And this was especially when I had thought like, my head canon about if they'd been fake dating Jess and Shane, yeah, like that better. would have allowed this moment to be romantic without any like asterisk, asterisk or caveat next to it, you know? Mm-hmm. But instead, we don't quite know the level, like the relationship, the discussions they had, but it seems like Shane was into him. I don't think yeah. she was clued into all of this. So, yeah. Don't use other people in your Seriously. love games. <laughs> Unless <my> they're <laughs> like consenting about being used. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only like the only positive I was able to find about this was at least they didn't just start making out right now before he broke up yeah. with Shane. Like that's the only thing. And if that's the only positive you can find from the situation, it's not a good sign. 
Yeah, I think we're supposed to be like, wow, Jess is such like a stand-up guy. Yeah. He's not going to kiss someone else while he's dating Shane. He's going to go not take care of her, throw her out in the trash. Like, oh my God. Yeah. I'm Ugh. I'm sure that in the past watching this, I've like thought that this was a really romantic moment. But something about like rewatching it slowly and really like analyzing how how everybody's acting and how their actions impact each other, it just completely changes. Mm-hmm the feeling of this and it's not there's nothing really positive about it they need to be taking a couple months off from each other before they start dating but we know like you just know next episode they're gonna they're gonna be at it like nothing ever happened like I'm supposed I feel like I was expecting to feel good Mm -hmm. at the end of this but I don't you know yeah I just feel trepidatious though I do want to say we now are existing in a post Rory and Dean Gilmore Girls. For the time being, this is something that has never happened on our podcast. We're in a new world. <laughs> They're like not dating anymore. This is momentous. We've yeah. been waiting for this for a while and here we are. <laughs> it's it's Gilmore Girls AD after Dean. <laughs> or <laughs> or uh in the in between years after Dean version one, before Dean two. Yeah, we're like an AD after Dean, but we're also PD, <laughs> pre-Dean. Oh <my> <laughs> and we'll be PD again, post-Dean. Uh, yes, <laughs> confusing. BC before Christopher. Oh my gosh, is there even a PC? <laughs> no, we're just always in yeah. C. Christopher always threatening to be yeah. around. <laughs> Omnipresent. Anyways, back to the show. (laughs) We return to two couples remaining. (laughs) And one of them collapses. This is an unnamed couple. (laughs) They just collapse Mm. on the dance floor, which means Kirk has won. And he immediately runs over to Taylor to claim his prize. This was a gazebo moment sent to us by a listener for this episode. Kirk running laps around the gym after having just danced for 24 hours and the rocky theme song is playing uh, mm-hmm. it is an epic moment i loved it <laughs> yeah i agree with this listener this was also my gazebo moment nice. and you have to think like i wonder how much the rocky song cost them mm. like it is a song they probably had to pay for right but it's a it's a perfect moment and i what i really liked about it was this juxtaposition of the silliness the goofiness of Kirk doing his victory lap next to Lorelai and Rory Mm -hmm. because Lorelai arrives back from wherever she was (laughs) and is surprised to find that Rory's gone she sees her like walking back into the gym looking very forlorn um very sad desolate and she just kind of like hugs her and holds on to her and it's very like heartfelt i it's like in the midst of all of this of the fun stars hollow stuff and then in the boy drama it still like ends up boiling down to the the mother and daughter Mm -hmm. and the friend relationship here um and their like support that they offer each other so i thought that was very nice yeah that's true it is the gilmore girls after all with i know kirk in the background (laughs) Mm -hmm. so we have officially tackled this episode we are close to two hours (laughs) (laughs) close yeah (laughs) who was your mvp for the episode do i dare 
Who was yours? Kirk. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know if I dare then. <laughs> Who was yours? No, I'll be... I'll be bold. Um, my MVP was Dean. Oh my gosh! I thought about that. I know, because he I know. he does like take action. You know, he's sympathetic in this episode. Mm-hmm. And I think like a good performance from Jared Padalecki mm-hmm. in the breakup scene. Like I think you know every actor wants a good yelling scene every now and then. <laughs> and yeah, I don't think that I like feeling good about Dean (laughs) but if there was any episode where it would happen it would be this one so I just wanted to take the chance my MVP is Dean can't believe I'm saying it maybe Dean is more dynamic than we've given him credit for as a character because we Mm. both hate him and have appreciated him on circumstances (laughs) we have I don't know that might be a bold thing to say but I feel queasy but no (laughs) are you hungry (laughs) no just about picking dean (laughs) oh yeah yeah okay so you said kirk for your mvp yeah kirk was my mvp because he's out here living his life living his best life and winning Mm -hmm. and i just love his enthusiasm and he won so yeah he is the literal champion yeah he's also some of his dance moves were just hilarious and great the flip (laughs) yeah the cartwheel yeah he like really got into it it was great he was also wearing a vest a dosi's market vest oh i didn't notice (laughs) it like it looked like a normal vest but on the back was dosi's market logo and stuff (laughs) maybe he was sponsored oh yeah maybe yeah (laughs) the winning team Hmm, maybe Maybe Taylor was betting. Okay, anyways. Maybe. Okay, we have completed our marathon successfully. Mm -hmm. We're still standing, though we're sitting, but psychologically we're still standing. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for hanging out with us. Mm -hmm. Now we can see what happens in the the post-Dean era of the show. Yeah, PD. I'm excited. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Okay, talk soon in a new world. (laughs) Yeah, talk soon. Thanks for listening to Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. Don't forget to rate and review us and share us with your friends. Join us on Instagram and TikTok at Talking Fast Podcast. And join the conversation by emailing us your thoughts, talkingfastpodcast at gmail.com.